everyone. I'm Monica Reinagel, and you're listening to The Nutrition Divas, quick and dirty tips for eating well and feeling fabulous. And as the year draws to a close, I thought it would be fun to take a look back at some of the best and worst ideas about nutrition to make the rounds this year. One thing I'd really like us to leave behind in 2012 is the idea of the cheat day, at least the ridiculous version of it that's taken hold in some circles lately. As I like to say, it's not how you eat on your best or your worst day, but how you eat most days that really matters. And if relaxing your dietary restraint one day a week helps you stick to your healthy eating plan the other six days, I've got no problem with that. I've even talked about the potential benefits of calorie cycling, which is alternating between higher and lower calorie days. But this idea has been taken to absurd extremes lately. One celebrity author in particular has perpetrated the ridiculous notion that binging on junk food one day a week will somehow speed weight loss. He actually suggests that failing to pig out on fried foods and sweets once a week will impede your progress towards an awesome body. Please, ignore this message and all the junk science used to justify it. Eating unhealthy foods is not a way to improve your body or your diet. Bad idea number two, water that does more. Frankly, I thought we'd already seen the peak in this trend, but 2012 brought even more varieties of bottled water tarted up with flavors, essences, vitamins, herbs, and other baloney. Why do we feel the need to improve upon water? No matter what the marketers want us to believe, these drinks are not going to improve your immune system or reduce your stress level. And if you believe that drinking smart water is actually going to improve your intelligence, well, I think you're pretty much proving the opposite. The only people who benefit from you drinking this stuff are the people selling it to you. I think the problem is that we've come to use beverages not as a source of hydration, but as a source of entertainment, just as we obsessively punch at our handheld devices to supply a constant stream of mental stimulation, we stimulate our taste buds by incessantly sipping on flavored and sweetened drinks. We may rationalize this as a way to stay hydrated, but as I've pointed out before, it doesn't take nearly as much water to stay hydrated as you might think. Now let's take a look at a couple of the better ideas from 2012. Good idea number one, rethinking grains. For decades now, the mainstream nutrition establishment has been hawking the benefits of whole grains. The more, the better. Although I've never thought that whole grains were the holy grail they're often made out to be, I'm also not aligned with those who insist that grains are toxic to everyone and should be strictly avoided. This year, a more balanced view of grains and where they fit into a healthy diet seem to gain some traction. As I've said before, grains are not essential to a healthy diet. If you don't want to eat them, you don't have to. And if you want to experiment to see if avoiding grains makes you feel better, be my guest. On the other hand, if you feel good when you include grains in your diet, that's fine too. Just don't overdo it. Although whole grains are definitely better for you than refined grains, there are a lot of other things that are much better for you than whole grains. Another good idea that really seemed to catch on this year was a shift away from processed and packaged foods, even organic ones, and toward whole and homemade foods. Folks are cooking more. They're even growing more of their own food in kitchen and community gardens. In fact, food processors are actually starting to get nervous. Food industry lobbyists have started publishing, quote-unquote, 
educational articles aimed at dietitians, stressing the many benefits of food processing and the concern that processed foods might be unfairly stigmatized. That's probably one of the most encouraging signs I've seen all year. Of course, like any good idea, the effort to avoid processed foods can also be taken to ridiculous extremes. There's nothing wrong with making your own soy milk, grinding your own peanut butter, or evaporating sugarcane juice at home, and there are folks out there doing all of the above. But I don't think that's necessary in order to have a healthy diet. I'd be happy if a substantial portion of your diet didn't have a barcode on it. The coming year will no doubt bring a new crop of nutrition trends, and I'm sure some will be better than others. Whatever comes our way, I look forward to sorting it all out, and I hope you'll join me for another year of eating well and feeling fabulous. As many of you know, before I went back to school to study nutrition, I made my living as an opera singer, and it's become sort of a nutrition diva tradition for me to close the year with a little music. If you enjoy that sort of thing, this year's bonus track is coming up at the end of today's show. And I just want to assure everyone that no partridges were harmed in the making of this podcast. I also wanted to let you know about a special event that might be of interest to you if you've ever considered a career in nutrition. On January 8th, I'm going to be offering a live webinar discussing information on training, credentials, and various career paths in nutrition. Space is limited, but there are still a couple of spots left. You can find out more by going to nutritionovereasy.com. I answer a lot of listener questions in my free weekly newsletter, so if you've sent a question my way, be sure you're signed up to receive that. Have a great week, and remember to eat something good for me. And now, here's a little holiday fun featuring yours truly and my wonderful pianist, Amy Klosterman. Oh, my true love, my true love.
Nine pipers piping, ten ladies dancing, eleven lords are leaping, twelve drummers drumming. Oh, well, actually, I kept one of the drummers. And sent them back, collect. I wrote my true love, we are through.